Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. We've been doing this series of podcasts called Harder Things, where we take what we're looking at on Sundays and we try to take the hardest thing out of the text and and deal properly with it, help ourselves understand it and appreciate it. And that's what we're going to do today as well. We got back into the book of Ephesians this past Sunday. We took a little break for the holidays, and then we got back into it this past Sunday. Pastor Mel spoke to us on the first nine verses of Ephesians chapter 6. If you know anything about Ephesians 6, it's that classic armor of God passage, but that doesn't really come to us until verse 10. And in the first nine verses, it's sort of Paul telling us how to have interpersonal relationships with people, how children and parents should treat one another, how servants and masters should treat one another. But as Pastor Mel taught us, it's not really about the person. It's not really about the parent. It's not really about the child. It's not really about the master or the servant. There's something higher and greater that Paul wants us to think about when we're treating people the way that we should, and it's Jesus. He wants us to think about the Lord. He wants us to see the Lord. He wants to see that these relationships that we have are about loving him. I love that because the two greatest commandments God ever gave man was love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he said this, the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, is it like it because it both talks about love? Maybe. But maybe the second commandment is like the first commandment where we love people because we love the Lord. The way we love the Lord is by loving his people. Now, if you take those commandments and you look at the first nine verses of Ephesians 6, it makes a whole lot of sense. When he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. And then he says, fathers, don't provoke your children to anger. And then he says in verse 5, bond servants, obey your earthly masters. And then in verse 9, he says, masters, do the same to them. Treat your masters or treat your servants well. But listen, it's not about the person. A lot of us can have hard parents. We can have parents who are selfish, parents that aren't really deserving of our love. Are we not to obey them? Are we not to submit to them? No, we still are. What about children? Some of us have hard children. Some of us have children that are obstinate and unruly. Are we not supposed to raise them well because of their unruliness? No, we are. We're supposed to love them anyways. Same with servants and masters. Are we not supposed to treat them well if we have bad masters or bad servants? No. We're all supposed to treat others with kindness, with respect, with love, with humility, with service, with submission. Why? Because it's not about them. It's about the Lord. These relationships that God has given us is a vehicle or a medium to love Him. So children, obey your parents because you're seeking to love the Lord. Parents, raise your children well because you're seeking to love the Lord. Masters, Treat your servants well because you're seeking to love the Lord. And servants, obey your masters because you're seeking to love the Lord. Now, that makes a lot of sense. And with that context, I want to bring up this thing in verse 5 that is difficult. It's the harder thing of the passage. And I want to read verses 5 to 8 and just chew on it for a little bit together. And it says this in verse 5, Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ. Not by the way of eye service, as people pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man. There it is. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant 
or is free. There's a harder thing in this text, and it's this. He says, bondservants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ. And I want to digest that a little bit today. I want to think about this a little bit today. We don't really use the word bondservant anymore. In fact, the word servant really isn't in our culture either. So the way we would probably translate this, and maybe that's not the best translation, but it's the most practical one for us, is employee. Employee, obey your earthly boss. Now, there might be a context in America and our culture where there's bond servants and masters, but I haven't dealt with that myself. But I have been an employee. I still am an employee. Even though I'm a pastor, I'm still an employee. I still have a church that I work for. And most of us do. Most of us have bosses. Most of us have managers. Most of us have a CEO or an owner or someone above us that is our master. And so in thinking about that, I want to think about the context of what Paul says here when he says, bondservants or employees, obey your earthly master or boss with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ. I want to think about that today. There's a couple contexts in our world where we are people who are obedient people. We're people that were submissive people, but only when the boss is looking. And I'll give you an illustration of that. When I was working at the bank before I moved out to Michigan to start my ministry, I had a boss. I had a manager. The manager worked right in the same room that I did, but that manager had a boss herself. And that boss from time to time would come in and check on us and just see how things were going. And at the bank that I worked at, there were busy periods and there were slow periods. And during the slow periods, it was kind of accepted, at least with the manager that we had, that we could kind of play on the internet. We could kind of be in our phones a little bit. If we didn't miss our work, if we didn't slack off, then she wouldn't really care exactly what we did with our downtime. But the boss above her was a little bit more rigid. And so I remember that sometimes she would pop in unannounced in her door. And back in the day, and I, I know they still have this, but back in the day when you were browsing and surfing the web on your computer, they had this little shrink button. And what you could hit this button while you were surfing and it would just shrink the screen. So if someone came in like this boss did on several occasions, she would come in and we'd all be on the internet. It was kind of like this... <laughs> this synced up shrinking of our web browser that we all did at the same time. So this this manager would come in, this boss would come in, and all of us didn't want her to see that we were on the internet instead of working, even though we didn't really have work at that time. But we didn't want to get caught being on the internet. So she'd come in, come to check on us, and in unison we'd all shrink our screen and act like, no, 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 we've been working this whole time. <laughs> I remember doing that, and I remember feeling weird about that when she came in, going, oh, you know, I'm glad she didn't see me. I'm glad I was able to shrink the screen in time so she didn't see me browsing the internet and checking sports and all kinds of stuff, because that would have looked bad, right? And I would have felt guilty, and maybe she would have said something or wrote me up or something. Who knows? I didn't want to get in trouble. I don't know if you've ever done that in your, in your place of work, where you act like you're a very good employee when the boss is working but when the excuse me when the boss is watching but when the boss isn't watching when the boss isn't around you slack off a little bit you kind of cheat the system uh, we used to have our cell phones out I learned very good I was very good at keeping my cell phone on my lap and not letting anyone know and I'd be on my cell phone while I'm supposed to be working and we have a context and a culture now that cell phones are everywhere right I go into the store and I see people all kinds of employees on their cell phone. And I'm going to be honest, it doesn't really bother me. 
It doesn't bother me if I see someone in the grocery store in the aisle on their cell phone. And I, maybe we're just in that kind of culture now where cell phones aren't that bothersome anymore. But back in the day, 15, 20 years ago, that was, that was an issue. You, sh you shouldn't be on your cell phone while you were working. And I wasn't if the boss was there. But if the boss wasn't there, then I brought out my cell phone. And that's kind of what we're talking about here because Paul goes on to say, I want you to obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ. Another idea of this is if you're driving on the road, right? I think most of us generally are obedient on the road, <laughs> generally. But you know, we have this kind of obligatory 5 to 10 miles. We drive over the speed limit, right? I'm, I'm, think about it. I mean, we probably all do this to, from time to time. And But I know what happens when a cop pulls up behind me or a cop is next to me or I drive by a cop on the side of the road. What do I do? I hit the brakes. I go back to the speed limit. I take the 5 miles or 10 miles over that I was going over the speed limit and I bring it back to the speed limit. So the cop, when he looks, it looks like I'm going exactly the speed limit or maybe even a couple miles under the speed limit because I don't want to get in trouble. That's really what it's about. I'm not doing it for his sake. I'm doing it for my sake. And Paul wants us to do even something higher than that. He doesn't even want us doing it for the boss's sake. So it shouldn't be for our sake, but it also shouldn't even be for the boss's sake. It should be for the Lord's sake that we're obedient. It should be for the Lord's sake that we're submissive. I have children. My children have learned this already. Uh, sometimes we have this we have this monitor. I don't even know if the children know that, but we have this monitor. They have to sleep in a different bedroom. But this monitor allows us to hear what's going on in their bedroom while we're in our bedroom. So sometimes we could just hear them acting up and making a lot of noise, and we think in our minds they're probably out of their bed and you know horsing around. So... So I'll go into their bedroom, and they have no idea when I'm coming. No, but my twins, my, my kids have already learned that when they, to hear dad's footsteps or hear when the door opens, that they sort of jump back in bed and pull the covers up over themselves and act like they have been there the whole time. And I know better because I can listen to them on the monitor that they haven't been. But I see my children. I go down there, and they're, they're pulling their covers up. They're acting like all still. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, wow, that's already so crafty. You know, these kids are five and six years old and they're already learning how to act in front of dad differently than when dad's not there. Well, the harder thing in this passage is that we're supposed to obey our earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, not by the way of eye service. And that's really what we've been talking about is when they're looking, you're different than when they're not looking. If, if at the bank when I was working, if my boss was standing over my shoulder with her arms crossed just staring at me while I work. Do I bring up my browser? No. Do I have my phone on my lap? No. I work because she's watching. You know, it'd be a very nerve wracking thing to have my boss just sort of watch me the entire day to see if I'm a good worker. I would probably work with fear and trembling because I wouldn't want to misstep. I wouldn't want to get in trouble. I wouldn't want her to see someone lazy. So I would work with fear and trembling. I'd work as if I was doing it properly. But that's not even well enough. That's not even good enough according to this text. Paul wants us to do it as if Christ is watching. So to even say you should act as if your boss is watching all the time, that's good. That would be good advice to give even the general American. Do your job as if your boss is there at all times. Why? Because you'll be a better worker. 
you'll be less lazy. You'll be less selfish. You'll think about the work you need to do. But Paul says, no, you're a Christian. I don't want you to do it as if the boss is looking. I want you to do it as if Christ is looking. And I want you to do it with fear and trembling as if Christ is looking because he is all-seeing. He is all-knowing. Christ does know what we do with our time. Christ does see what we do with our time. And that's what Paul wants us to understand. That when we're employees, we're not employees mainly of the place of work that we have. We're employees mainly, primarily of Jesus. That job that we have has been given to us by the Lord. That job that we're supposed to work at well and properly is not for the sake of our boss. It's for the sake of the Lord. That makes a whole lot more sense when the commandments are given to us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second commandment is like it. Love your neighbor as you would love yourself. And I want you to love your masters. I want you to love your bosses. I want you to love your place of work. And I want you to do it for Christ's sake. I want you to do it as an example of how you would serve him if you wanted to serve Christ. How would you serve Christ if not only you wanted to, because he says with a sincere heart, so you want to serve Christ, but also teamed with this idea that Christ is always watching. How would you serve the Lord in your place of business, in your place of work, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or whether you're a person that goes to the office and works in a factory or whatever? How would you serve if the Lord was the one you always were serving and you wanted to serve him, and he was always watching. Don't you think we would be better versions of workers? I do. I think that's what Paul's getting at. And I think that's what he wants to draw out here, saying, listen, it's not about the people. The people may not be always around. The people may not be deserving of your great work ethic. But you know who is always looking? You know who is deserving? The Lord himself. Do it for Jesus. Because he goes on to say, listen, knowing that whatever anyone, whatever good that anyone does, he says he will receive that back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. And that's interesting that he sort of uses fear and trembling as a motivation and also this incentive of rewards as an incentive for doing your work properly. And I think that's, I think that's balanced. I think that's complex that God would give us both to say, listen, serve the Lord be a good worker, be a good employee because God is watching and he does know what you're doing. He does see what you're doing all times. God is never around the corner. God is never outside of the office. God is always there with you, seeing and watching what you do. So serve and work well as if that is happening because it is. But not only that, have this motivation that when you do good, because you will do good if you serve that way with fear and trembling. And when you do good, knowing that you will receive from the Lord a reward beyond what you can give, beyond what you can think, beyond what you can imagine, the reward that the Lord gives you for doing good upon this earth is going to blow your minds. And I like thinking about that because that brings a lot of depth and weight to what I do. Because I, I have a job just like other people have a job. There's, there's times that I'm with people and they know what I'm doing. And when I'm with those people, I act like a really good pastor. I really have my act together. But when those people aren't there, I, I do what I want. I do what I think is you know best. And 
you know, honestly, I've had to learn this passage, you know, for the last three or four jobs that I've had to say, listen, people aren't always going to be there and people aren't always going to be worthy of your great work ethic, but the Lord is always there. And the Lord is always deserving of your great work work ethic. And don't you want to please him? I mean, that's what the sincere heart is. He says, doing the will of God from the heart. He says, with a sincere heart as you would Christ. If the job that you have right now isn't very glorifying, if it isn't very fun, if it's a lot of work, if it's a lot of stress, if it's a lot of you not getting what you think you deserve, how would you serve today if you knew that it was a medium for serving your Lord Jesus? If you love the Lord Jesus, you would do that job with all your heart. You would, and that's the point. Because you're not doing it for man. You're doing it for someone higher than man. You're doing it for God. And so he says, Obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ. As you would Christ. How are you doing what God has called you to do? And you can really apply this to anything, even beyond your job. Whatever you do, whatever you've been called to do, in any aspect of life, not even just work, whatever you do, do it as if it's for the Lord and do it as if the Lord is watching because there's 100% of the time where that is true. The Lord is always watching. He always knows what we're doing. And everything we do has the potential and possibility to be done for the Lord. And don't you think we'd be more mindful don't you think we'd be better workers? Don't you think we'd be better parents, better children, better servants, better masters, better spouses? Don't you think that would happen if we were simply mindful of the Lord at all times? And that's the point. That's the harder thing today. Because you can get away with stuff in this earth. You can. You could drive on the road 20 miles over the speed limit, and as long as there's not a cop, you're going to be fine. You could be on the browser and on your phone all day long, and as long as your boss doesn't come in and see you, you're going to be fine. If you're a child, you can get things, you could get away with things with your parents. As long as your parents aren't in the room, you're going to be fine. But if you're serving the Lord, and every Christian, this is very obvious, every Christian is supposed to serve Jesus, the Lord himself. If that is who you serve, that at every moment of the day, he's there with you. Every moment of the day, whether dark or light, whether day or night, the Lord is with you. He is seeing what you do. I mean, wow, isn't that weighty? Isn't that weighty to know that not only is my boss with me, the Lord himself is with me every hour of the day. So I should be the same person working hard, serving well, loving others at every hour of the day because the boss is always there. There shouldn't be a time of slacking off. There shouldn't be a time of selfishness. I've been called to love the Lord and love others. But not only that. The other motivator is, is key because whatever good I do on this earth, I do it for the Lord and the Lord is going to reward me. Why? I don't know. I don't know why the Lord rewards us. We're not deserving of the rewards. I mean, he's given us eternal life and eternal life is a reward. Jesus is the reward. I don't know what we would need beyond that. I don't know really what these rewards are in heaven, but 
When the Lord says he's going to reward us, and he says this a lot, we have to believe it. And I think that's a good motivator. I don't think that's a weird motivator. I think when the Lord says, I'm going to reward you, so do it properly, I think it's okay to do it for the sake of the reward. I mean, I do that with my children. We have this point system. We have this chart set up. And we've told our children that if they do good things without being prompted, without being asked, they're going to get points. And those points are eventually going to lead to rewards. And so my children have learned to treat their brothers and sisters well, to pick up their toys, to clean up their plates, to use their manners. And one of the motivators, maybe the primary motivator, is because they want the reward. Is that bad? No, I, I kind of wish they would do it for things beyond that. I wish they'd do it for their parents' sake. I wish they'd do it for their brother's sake. And that's in the text. With a sincere heart, as you would Christ, I mean, that's the primary motivator. But if you need a motivator beyond that, he's going to give you two more motivators. He's always watching. He knows what you're doing. He sees what you're doing. He sees what you think. He sees how you act at all times of the day. But second of all, he's going to reward you in heaven. He's going to give you back what you're deserving of for those things that you did for him. That time that you worked at your place of work and you served well and you did your work well, even though the boss wasn't there, even though the boss didn't see, the Lord saw, and you're doing it for him, and he's going to reward you, right? All all of us wish our bosses, those times that they did come in and we were working well, we all wish they would come up and pat us on the back and say, hey, you're doing a good job, and say, hey, maybe you deserve a raise, because I kind of came in here unannounced and I saw you doing hard work. But oftentimes that didn't happen, and oftentimes when my boss came in and I shrunk the screen, They didn't know that I was slacking off. But the thing about the Lord is he knows everything and he sees everything and he will reward. He is just, he is fair, and he does love us more than we love him. And I love that all of those motivators come together so Paul can say very confidently, bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ. Not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with goodwill as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Christian, work hard today. Christian, do well today. Christian, love your neighbor today. Christian, be holy today and do it at all times because your Lord is watching. Your Lord is deserving of you to love him and the Lord will reward you someday for the good that you do. It is being noticed. It is being tallied. And one day the Lord will pay you back. We have a great Lord. We have a great master. And he deserves that we serve him properly today. I hope that's a blessing to you. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.